back. Welcome back. Welcome to Draft Junkies, episode three. I'm Justin Tribble. I'm here with Jordan Richardson. And when I say welcome back, I mean welcome back to the craziest NFL offseason you've probably ever seen. It has been trade after trade, big signing after big signing, and we're down to what, like a month and a week now? Yeah. Like, we're down to the nitty-gritty? We're almost in in draft month. Next oh, week, yeah. Next, next Friday, we're officially in the month of April. So, we're we're getting there. It's literally flying by. There's been a ton of great trades, a ton of great signings. And I'll kick it off by saying Devontae Adams has gone to the Raiders. The Packers have traded Devontae Adams. How do you feel? Honestly, I I, I, I was not expecting it. I, honestly, it never crossed my mind the whole time. It's been, okay, Roger's going to come back. He's going to get the contract worked out, and they're going to figure something out. They're going to figure something out with Devontae. It just, you know, deadline spur action, you know. So, I, I figured – He'd be playing. They they get it figured out. I I was out at my mom and dad's throwing football around, and my phone blew up, and I was floored. <laughs> I I couldn't believe it, you know. But in hindsight, you know, just looking, trying to be positive with it, to get a one and a two for a receiver that's 30 years old, which is kind of the cliff, you know, and not have to pay him that much money. You know, I get it. But honestly, what it boiled down to is Devontae wanted to be a Raider. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was his dream, and he knew this was probably his last big contract, and he wanted – he just wanted to be a Raider. He wanted to play with his buddy. I mean, it was just – it worked out. At least we got some compensation for him. Hopefully, you know, we re- retool that wide receiver room and it all works out. You know, we more exciting. I've been jealous. I've been jealous of you for all year with those three ones. Hey, hey well, I'm in the game now. <laughs> hey, it's turned out to be a hell of a draft for both of us. And it's going to be a hell of a month leading up to it. Yep. So, hey, we're amped. We're ready to go, right? We're going to have to start thinking of bets. Oh, yeah. We need to get that that ball rolling so we're not down to the final week trying to figure out who yeah. we, how we want to make bets. So, a week ago, me and you were on the show and we're talking, hey, Devonta Adams gets the franchise tag. Y'all are probably going to work out this extension. Now the Packers got two first-round picks. It's a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. But you also, from across the table, you called another signing. A lot of people did. J.C. Jackson signed with the Chargers. I, I'll just jump the gun on on my favorite signings, but I, I love that, man. I don't know what it is about the Chargers. I guess, I guess your hype for Justin Herbert has, like, contagiously taken over me. Hey, so- I enjoy watching the Chargers and just seeing the moves they're making. And I think it's a little bit I'm over the Chiefs 
Like that whole spell of, oh, Patrick Mahomes is so awesome. I'm over all that. Let's give me a new story. Give me give me Justin Herbert. Give me the Chargers taking taking that division. Hey, that Chargers defense might lead the way for him this year. Hey, the big- if they have a good draft, I mean, I don't – I just – which it's a great division. It's the best division in football. So, go ahead and give me your least favorite signing of this period. Well, but. Before the Robert Woods trade, I did not like Allen Robinson going to the Rams. I was not a fan of that. I didn't get it. Maybe a little jealousy, but and I don't I don't know that Christian Kirk's worth the money. You know, that's kind of iffy to me. But on, really on that A Rob thing, I'm you know, I talked to you a little about the other day, but the the ring chasing man. It, yeah. It's yeah. kind of like a thing now from that one to three year contracts that those guys love to sign, and it's yeah. here as a fan, man. And now knowing, you know, because they always know that the salary cap's going up. Oh, Every, yeah. they know the cap's going up. So, you know, I'm the caps. I'm not one of those that says the cap isn't real, but it's very workable. You know, it don't feel. If a team like the Saints can go to like ninety million in the hole to yep. thirty million plus and not really have to cut anybody, then you know it's workable. So you mentioned Christian Kirk; he signed an eighty-four million dollar deal. Everyone's saying part of the most overpaid free agent, and and I like. I mean, I liked Kirk coming out. You know, I yeah. Just thought he, you know, a little bit misused, which he was, he's been hurt a little bit in Arizona, but I, he was kind of misused as well. But, uh, Doug's got a big picture for him, I guess. And he does love those slot guys. So, yeah. Watch out there. How about Randy Gregory flipping the script on Dallas? Man, I, the contracts weren't that far off either, were they? No. Like, it was just flat out, basically, they put that fine print in there that they say they put for everybody. Yeah. And he, (laughs) nope, no thanks. From my understanding is, he got the offer from Denver first. Yeah. Took it back to Dallas. Dallas read the contract, and that's when they were like, we're not doing this part of it. He was like, I'm out. (laughs) So... I hate that Zadarius Smith just went to Minnesota. That sucks. Yeah, I didn't think you'd like that one, but yeah, that's you know I don't want to. That in division stuff's always freaking rocky. Yeah. You hate it. Um, Hassan Reddick signed with the Eagles. I was pretty happy about that. I love that signing. Yeah, I, I love it. I think you know he's a versatile dude. Showed he can get after the passer, and he's you know. They brought him home, and I, you, you always like stuff like that. That's that's why I can't be too mad at Devontae. You know, he's he, you know, said that he wrote in a notebook when he was little that he was going to play for the Raiders. Yeah. So you can't knock a guy for living out a dream, you know. And same for Reddick, you know, going home. It never hurts for Devontae Adams, you know, go from one brother and Aaron Rodgers to the other one in Derek Carr. Yeah. That kind of helps the process along there. We don't play them this year, so I ain't got to worry about it for at least <laughs> a year. Uh, 
here. So, so how about uh, Kappa, Karras, and Lillel Collins signing with the Cincinnati Bengals, baby? What have we said forever? We have been since the minute they drafted Jamar Chase. They better work on that offensive line. They better work on that offensive line. Watching the Super Bowl, they're doing him an injustice. It's time to have, and they've had probably the best off season as far as we've got this huge hole. Let's fix it. You know, they've, and the, we didn't even make it to the draft, and yeah. they've completely changed. Now their offensive line went from pretty much a joke to we're solid. You know, they can add some prospects to it. Have some competition there at center, you know. I'm, you know, Ted uh, Karras. He's he's good, but he's you're not gonna like we say you're not gonna pass on a great player for a good player. Yeah, definitely. Tyler Lindenbaum sitting there at 31 for whatever reason. I mean, sorry, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope that Tyler Lindenbaum don't last that long. Yeah. Um, well, Armstead to Miami. He just signed. Oh, yeah. He literally just signed that contract before we came on here. I mean, that's a great signing for the Dolphins. And honestly, I thought that he got a little less than he was going to get. And so did I. I I haven't seen the true numbers on it, but it it seemed a little little smaller than I intended. Someone said something um, around the $130 million mark, and I was like, yeah, I thought he would get that too. But it appears the Dolphins got a bargain. So, so who's who's getting switched? Because you know they got Austin Jackson two years ago. Yeah. They got Liam Eichenberg last year. Is someone's either hitting the bench or moving inside? Well, I mean, didn't we talk about Eichenberg playing guard last year? Yeah, I thought. I think that's the best, your most logical thing. Yeah. And that part kind of soups up the inside of the line a little more. Yeah, because their offensive line was bad. And yeah. they had talent, but they just – man, they were bad. And they're de- you're definitely going to see them making some moves in the draft too. For yeah. All yeah. right, man. So, how about this quarterback? So, all right, Teddy Bridgewater to the Dolphins. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> hey, he's going to be a starter by midseason. <laughs> <laughs> or so he says. The two a doubt continues for Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've told him something. He ain't telling us, but they've told him something. Um, how about Matt Ryan, man, being traded to the Indianapolis Colts? Man, I like that. I do, I like it. I, I think they need to they need to sign get him somebody on the other side of Pittman. Needs, you know, a little bit of receiver help. But, man, when these quarterbacks get, you know, older and have maybe lost a little bit and you put them behind or you put them there where they can hand the ball off 30 times a game to Jonathan Taylor, you're just extending his career, you know. They play defense there. They run the ball there. I I, I like it. And they didn't give up much, you know, his – the big dead cat hit on the Falcons, but, you know, it's – I'm a big fan of Ryan there. They have truly become what Howie Roseman wanted to be. They <laughs> be factory, and they cannot figure it out. Uh-huh. And this might be Chris Ballard's last straw. 
I mean, what we were talking about the other day, you just, to have this long, I mean, what, how long ago did Andrew Luck retire? I mean, it's been three years. And they just, I don't know, man, it's, it's been a while and they're still just not, not making the right moves, but I like Ryan, but I also would like to see him draft a quarterback. Because somebody's going to fall. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, you're, you're, you're. The quarterback position is not finished. No. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him. You know, if for some, I, I love Ritter, and all he's kind of reminds you of Matt Ryan a little bit. I mean, obviously he's more mobile, but just in their mechanics, their bot, you know, the way they just look, they're almost the same size. You know, kind of that slender guy. And this opened up the big window for Marcus Mariota to sign in Atlanta, and I know you're a big fan of that. I, I just, I, I've just from watching him and the little bit that he got to go in for Derek Carr, I think he deserved another chance. Now I'm not sitting here saying he's going to turn that franchise around and be, you know, even as good as Ryan Tannehill, but you know, in his second stint, you know, with a new team. But he deserved a chance. He's a talented guy. You know, he's, he's, you know, he's got the talent. He's, he can move around a little bit. He deserved the chance. Now, yeah. I still, I, I still draft a quarterback again, or, you know. I mean, I honestly want to say that they should be on the wagon to move up as far as they possibly can. Yeah. Because, I mean, you had this conversation a little bit yesterday, but is Mariota going to put them in the top five picks? Honestly, that roster's bad, man. I mean, it, that it, is mid, mid, though. Like, they're not terrible. They're middle no. of the pack. I just, I don't think they're, they've got some good players, but I just, Overall, that roster, I just don't think it's very good. And you were asking a fairly injury-prone quarterback to play, and you're with that roster, you're one injury away from Josh Rosen or Felipe Franks. You know, so I mean, some some teams can overcome that with a good roster. Yeah, Atlanta's got. I feel like when we come out, whenever we do with the teams that we think will be picking in the top five next year, most likely they're going to be there for me. It's going to be an interesting situation moving forward in Atlanta, no matter what I think. But if you had the opportunity to go get a Malik Willis, you go get him. Yeah. Anyway, all right, enough about the NFL. Let's talk about these prospects. Let's talk about the draft. How about some landing spots for your cornerbacks and safeties that we've talked about over the last two weeks? Who's somebody that you really like in a certain spot? I really like Elam from Florida with the Chiefs. I think that's a huge need for the Chiefs. If you go and look at their roster, they've probably, for such a great team, right, you know, right now, I don't think you can go to the Super Bowl with that defense. You know, oh, yeah. I just, just look at last year or they look, 
looking at the corners in that division and looking at the quarterbacks and receivers that are in that division, you're going to have to defend the pass. Yeah. And I think he fits that. I think he could step right in for uh, losing Tredavious uh, Ward to the 49ers, which is a good signing. I like that signing too. Uh, even though I don't like the 49ers, you know, screw them, but that's a good pickup. <laughs> but I, I really like Elam uh, to the Chiefs, and I think that's a good spot. You know, I kind of have him graded out as that lower-end first-round pick. You know, I like – I'm going to go with Jaquan Brisker, and I'm going to put him with the Dallas Cowboys. Really? Man, there is just – Nothing like a defensive coordinator that'll use the guy like a weapon, okay? Yeah. And what happened when uh, Dan Quinn got Micah Parsons in his first year? Yeah. All over the place. I can't imagine if he got a defensive back who I'm going to kind of compare to a little bit of uh, Keanu Neal. Yeah. He had in Atlanta. Like, a guy that you can just literally move around and do whatever you want with. I think that he would make an impact – in his rookie career, right off the bat, being with the defensive coordinator who knew how to use him like that. I only say really like that because that's who I had down. Really? I, yeah, I, I, I had Cowboys and Brisker. But I also had the Jets. I think he would be a good fit for the Jets. I think them losing uh, Marcus May and just needing kind of a leader in that secondary, I think he would be a great fit there. But I, I did have the Cowboys. I, I think he would be a good fit there. Okay. Well, well what, about Stingley? Yeah. what about Derek Stingley? I don't, hey, hey, there it is. <laughs> I don't think Derek Stingley, or I, I believe Derek Stingley is a top ten pick. Yeah, me too. I, 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 now, whether he goes in the top ten, I don't know. But if I had a pick in the top ten and needed a corner, uh, I'm picking him ten out of ten times. Yeah, like, me too. He's that kind of player, but let's say he does a little, a little tumbling, not a big tumble, but just outside the top 10. Does it not seem like the perfect pairing to put him in Baltimore? I mean, gosh forbid. I mean, it's just always seems like every year it's just like, they're just, someone's going to fall to him. Someone's someone that you don't think is going to be there is going to fall to him. And it's just a perfect fit. And I just feel like him playing with, you know, Humphrey who can play inside, Marcus Peters. I mean, you just that that would and they just signed Marcus Williams to go with uh Chuck uh Chuck Clark. Man, that that secondary would be unbelievable. But it just seems like that's just a perfect pairing. Well, I'm gonna keep him with the Jets. Because what the Jets need in Soleil's defense is an island guy, baby. Yeah. Someone you trust with absolutely no help. And the only guy in this draft, in my opinion, is Derek Stingley Jr. that can do that. Yeah. If he can figure out his injury situation and fix that mess, he is a top ten pick. And if he never had that injury, he's probably a top five pick. Yeah. That's, that's you know, it's all about the injury. It's not about his play. He's shown that he's elite. Oh, he's yeah. shown 
as an 18-year-old kid, he absolutely dominated the SEC against the in the best conference. There was a stat I read the other day about um, players that equaled the most wins. I, I'm I'm kind of butchering it, but it was basically what players changed uh, the win total for their teams. And that year in the SEC or in his freshman year, no player meant more to their win loss, and they won a national championship than Derek Singley Jr. I mean, that dude changed that that whole life, and I can't I can't unforget that, you know. How Sauce Gardner? Do what? How about Sauce Gardner? Where Where's your perfect fit for him? If the If the Giants were to move on from Bradbury, holy cow, we got another one together. Yeah, that's that's, and even if they didn't, because those two guys are fairly similar, you know. But I think that's a really good fit, especially there at like number seven. You know, I just I really like. I really like the fit of Sauce with the Giants. I like the fit of Sauce with the Giants because he's all you know. He's talking about don't want to give up touchdowns. I don't plan on giving up touchdowns. Yeah. I want to Put him in the NFC East and let him run against Devontae Smith and Scary Terry and CeeDee Lamb. All yeah. those young guys. I feel like those matchups will be just fun, man. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good. Yeah, I I seen an interview where he said everybody's gonna want to catch that first touchdown on me. Oh yeah, big time. Big yeah. time. So let's not let's I'm gonna say this. How many years have me and you been at this begging the Buffalo Bills to take the best yeah. corner in yeah. the draft yeah take a little bit of pressure off white. take just a little bit of pressure off white yes and then you and then you turn around and you which that was a huge loss for them last year oh yeah but you know you keep getting in these shootouts you get in these shootouts with Mahomes you need to win it you know you need to be able to lock down you know tire you know the other weapons there they need that number two corner. Who you like there? Trent McDuffie. Really? Absolutely. I, I I was thinking Booth. I really like Booth there. I like Booth. Yeah. I think he's a little bit, you know, te- you know, he's his chest gets above his feet sometimes. You know, he's kind of off balance, but he wants the ball. You know, and that's that's the. Tredavious White's kind of a shutdown guy. You know, there's no true shutdown corners. And no. then, I mean, Jalen Ramsey got was burnt toast in the playoffs last year, and he's great. There's just no such thing. The the NFL rules won't allow it. But Tredavious White's pretty damn close, and I like him. And I would like a ball hawk on the other side. And I'm, let, I let let's uh, I'm going to back up for just a. Second. Let's remember that Jalen Ramsey, you know, he got face masked in the Super Bowl. Anyway. He did. He did. Also got burnt multiple times before that. I wasn't even thinking about that play. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I can see that. I like that one, too. And Tredavious White definitely deserves some help over there at that two spot. I like McDuffie when I think about the the Tyreek Hill matchups and things like that. Just the fact that he could slide around and, you know, follow guys like that. 
And that's what it's – and Buffalo seems like – like, if anything, their secondary seems like the smartest secondary in the NFL. Oh, yeah, 100%. And that's what McDuffie, to me, you know, he might not be this all-world athlete, but he honestly seems like, you know, a film junkie. He, You know, everything you read about him, he's a, he's a film junkie. His football IQ's off the charts. Definitely, definitely. That fit, you know – wouldn't get a I'd have no problem with it because he would fit right in with the smart guys um before we move on to this one I want to say Kyle Hamilton and I'm gonna put him with the Falcons yeah uh, I think that we were talking about their defense being kind of middle of the pack as far as defending the run in the past but we know that the quarterback like rebuild is coming so I think adding some like they got AJ Terrell you put another great player in that secondary and start trying to build that defense up with these young players. That way, when you do get a quarterback that you need to rebuild around, you can try to, you know, spend that money to put the playmakers around him. Yeah. I like Kyle Hamilton back there, man. That's the face of the defense, too. Absolutely. They've got good players, but none of them just jump out to you as – you know, uh, the just leader, the face of a defense. Yeah. AJ Terrell was fantastic last year. Definitely. But you, don't, you almost overlook these guys. You know, Grady Jarrett, he's been a stud, you know, on that D line for years. Deion Jones, but none of them just jump out and scream, you know, that just the, the face of a defense. And that's what Kyle Hamilton will be. It'll be a threat no matter what. Yeah. All right, man. So, how about a new segment? You know, we've done we've done draft or pass, we've done diamonds in the rough, but we kind of wanted to. What we're really trying to do is get guys' names out there, guys we really believe in, but they're not going to be first round talent. So, Jordan, you come up with this, and for the people in the back, man, <laughs> the people in the back. Yeah, we needed that. We needed that uh, something different. You know, everybody got, you know, diamonds in the rough and hidden gems and stuff like that. But, you know, let's give the people in the back. Let's let's, let's just give them a shout out. So, who did you bring to the table for me? Give me one. All right. Here's my first guy. And he's a, it's a bigger school. Not bigger, but you just don't see a lot of guys talking about him. Tyreek Carpenter from Georgia Tech. Have you seen him? I don't think so. He's built like a linebacker, but he plays safety. And this guy is just one of those. He reminds me of the guy that got drafted uh, for the uh, Raiders last year, Divine. uh, What was it? What's his last name? I'm drawing a blank. Odigbo? Divine Odigbo? I can't think of his name. Anyway, he's he played at Virginia Tech, and now he's playing for the Raiders. And they've moved him. They moved him all around their defense. He was playing linebacker, but that's that's what this Tyreek Carpenter dude is. I, he's he can play safety all day long, but he's about two hundred and thirty pounds almost, and I, I can see that natural shift to, you know, the guy that takes away your tight ends. You know, he's he could be a key part of your defense. He's going to kill it on special teams. He's just, you know, he's 
fantastic on special teams. But he can play a little safety. He can come down in the box, play a little bit of linebacker. But I, I really like him. You know, I've been trying to study up on guys who I think could, you know, you know, as a Packer fan, our special teams is it's been putrid. So I've tried to look at these guys that could come in and just really be a special teams demon. And that's how I got on him initially. And uh, I, he's, I, he's a good player. And, you know, it wouldn't shock me to see him be kind of a later round guy, early day three. Couldn't even be, you know, late day three. But he's going to come in and be that leader and that high football IQ guy. And he's athletic, too. And he has good size. So, he's he's got a spot on somebody's team, that's for sure. Hey, those special teams guys, man, those are get-on-the-field guys. Yeah. You get on the field, you show what you got, and he goes from there. I, I feel like the draft ends – not ends, but you've got rounds one through three, and then you've got a little bit of the leftovers in round four, and then you just start taking these shots. On yeah. these guys that are athletic guys, maybe they didn't have you know the best, feel, you know, film and stuff, but they're just athletic freaks. Because those are the guys that you know you hope can turn it around, and at the very least, they're going to be monsters on special teams. And hey, speaking of the Packers, they got the best special teams coordinator in the league now, my man. It's it's it's, it's about time we put a look, invested just a little bit in that position. So we'll we'll see. I think y'all got something brewing with him, man. I really do. Knock on wood, but we can't get any worse. So, I think you got to stop living in the past of last year, too, though, man. Yeah. That'll haunt you, though. I just – I told everybody that would listen to me all year long, Packers are going to lose a, an important game, a playoff game, because of special teams. I've seen it all year, and it got me. Eventually, it came down to it. All right, so I want to put a spotlight on somebody who – Really, he had a little spotlight put on him, I think, at the uh, Senior Bowl. But I really want to put a spotlight on him. There's not many players that you can look at or hear about, talk to, whatever it is, and say, hey, he's going to succeed on or off the field. But, man, a Caleb Evans, cornerback out of Mizzou. Okay, yep. Um, you know, he's big-time off-the-field guy. Started the uh, a Caleb Evans Foundation. Um, serving like food and toys to homeless in his McKinney, Texas community, um, doing all that big stuff. And that foundation's built up to elite levels, man. It's crazy. I was re- He started that at 17 years old. I can't be- imagine being a 17-year-old kid starting a foundation like that. Yeah, that's awesome. But uh, he moved on. He was actually started playing at Tulsa. And he was a member of vice president, I think, of the Black Initiative and all these things going on at Tulsa University, yeah. doing great things. So, anyway, he transfers to Mizzou, cornerback, 6'2", 198 pounds, great size and length, man. The physical part of his game may be up there, honestly, in my opinion, with the top five or six corners in this draft. Yeah. I really love – like, you put him in press man-to-man – the punch coming off the line, the way he reroutes guys, I love it. I love what I see from him. However, there's a downfall. That's why he's for the people in the back. And it's more about instincts and just pers- over-pursuing as a tackler, man. And 
you know, basic corner stuff, high school stuff almost, you know? Yeah. And I really think that Caleb Evans is going to be one of those guys where that fifth round comes along and you're starting to look around like, hey, who's a guy who can play special teams and probably get on the field, you know, in those rotation nickel packages, things like that, and be a developing corner in this league? Yeah. I'm putting Evans up there in that group. I think he'll make, you know, the top. 15-ish list of 15, 20 list of corners and really make his name for himself in this draft. Yeah. My second guy, um, wide receiver out of Northern Iowa. His name's Isaiah Weston. Okay. He went to the he went to the combine and blew it up. Tested, you know, outrageous. You know, he ran in the low – his initial – 40 was in the four threes. I think his official time ended up being in low four fours, you know, jump through the gym. So you're like, okay, let's, let's see this guy. And you go and you look at, look at him, obviously lower competitions, but he's one of those guys that, like I said, you know, you get to the later rounds, you're that you're drafting these freaks and you're hoping that they can, you know, kind of develop into something. But this, this dude's again, special teams, but he, is good after the catch and running in the low four fours can get deep on you. you know, there's always those guys that, you know, he just, he was just burning by slower competition. Um, and just a really good hands catcher, you know, just a natural, just almost looks like an outfielder out there getting under these, uh, cause you know, his quarterback wasn't great, but you know, he was just out there just fielding, you know, on these deep passes, you know, and they would get him on bubble screens and stuff like that. He was their offense, and he's the type of, uh, you know, player that you you give a chance to in the later rounds. Uh, I like him a little bit better than the guy that uh, got drafted by the Colts. We talked about him. He was one of our, you know, kind of our late-round guys last year. Uh, Michael, Michael something, something with an S. Stracken. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was just one of those small school guys, but he was just more athletic than everybody. So, you know, obviously he's going to have to work on routes and stuff, get a little bit more crisp on that, but he's, he's definitely a project that's worth, uh, worth having. I like it, man. I'm telling you those project guys on the back of the, in the back of the draft, you go to the combine because that athletic profile says everything to everybody. Yeah. And we talk on that because there were some guys today, a matter of fact, that their athletic profile might have killed all of their draft stocks. So, yeah, yeah, Texas A&M had some rough ones. <sighs> so I'm about to murder one and could be a phenomenal gunner. You know, it's just he's got the small school mentality. You know, where you're just having to prove yourself. And you're just flat out more athletic than a lot of guys. So I mean, he's got a he's got a place. I like it. All right, here we go. So my second guy is defensive lineman out of Iowa State. I'm about to murder this name. <laughs> um, Ioma Uwa was a Rocky, something like that. Well, you must have really liked him if you picked him and couldn't even say his name. Hey. I listen. If I, 
I'm looking at the back of your jersey, I promise. <laughs> but my great friend Jordan tells me that I need to be judging people by helmets. So I see that, but I'm judging by helmet. <laughs> but hey, oh man, I really like this guy. I think he's one of the more underrated names in this defensive line class. Uh, really long arms, great rip through, really good at stopping the run and rushing the passer. I think he can play different techniques. Obviously, there's a lot of concern about his um, mental ability to read and react to certain things. But he went to the East-West Shrine Bowl, and he just shined. I think that he's going to have a really – actually, I think he really did have a good pro day. I think that was a lot of talk because yeah. he worked his hole on them, right? Yeah. So, yeah, there was good talk there. I just – you know that there's defensive linemen that just – they play too high. Yeah. And and I think he's one of those guys that he's just really going to have to, you know, tone it down a little bit, become – they're going to have to put him in one technique and let him just kind of, you know, build off that and not do what Iowa State does and just switch everything up every other game. But he played lots out against Clemson, TCU, and Texas. And those are three top 25 offensive linemen in, offensive lines in the country. So – yeah, I really, that, really like what he's got going on, man. That pad level, man. If you can – because there's guys that, you know, they move like giants, you know, just amazing. But if that pad level doesn't come down – like, look at Marvin Wilson. Oh, yeah. There you, you go. Know, that's one of those things we said about him. Like, you know, he was highly recruited. You know, he could do this. He could do that. But, man, he's a little high. You know, he's going to have to learn it, and it just it never really clicked for him. You know, and you've seen that firsthand that, you know, we were expecting that guy to be off the board in the third round, and he didn't even get drafted. You know, it's just certain guys like that. It's wild because, you know, when it first started, me and you said this many times, when that process first started, everybody was like, man, Marvin Wilson's a top 20 pick. Yeah. <laughs> and you expect him to get better, I guess, and he doesn't. and. Yeah. It ends up in the situation. You could just tell there's certain guys that they dominated the high school level, so they didn't. They never really tried to learn the little things. You know, they got by on being bigger, stronger, faster than everybody, and then they get to the next level, and it just you know it catches up with them. And yeah. it's like he was one of those guys. Okay, so we're going to have to stop right here. Okay. That way we can start over because I'm going to hit this 60-minute mark and it's going to kick us out of here. Okay. So hang on and I'll reconnect this. Okay. All right, Jordan, let's move into the linebacker talk. Top five linebackers. How do you feel about this class overall? I love it. The you more. Love it? Yes, the more I would watch guys, the more I would just find guys that I really like. You know, it's – there's – I could probably give you ten guys. And, you know, with linebacker, that's, you know, I don't want to say it's rare, but it's just – I feel like if you can get ten deep on somebody, it's a deep position. And I got, I could find ten guys that I really like. It's wild to me because I feel like two months ago we were talking about, hey – you know, Devin Lloyd, N'Kobe Dean, all these guys are going to be so good. They're going to be top 20 picks, blah, 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 blah. But the class has gotten so good. Yeah. It, now, things are starting to tumble. It's trickled them down a little bit. 
but I still like the class. I think that's part of it too. I think it's one of those why we're not going to spend a top 20 pick on one of these guys when there's that many other guys available later. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's got to be the – that's got to be it, right? you got to yeah. think. Yeah. I mean, you got to look at the draft as a – it's a big puzzle, you know. I mean, I know you say that great player, good player stuff all the time, but, you know, if there's a great player that separates himself in this class, then, yeah, obviously he gets pushed. Yeah. But when you start showing things that everybody else is showing, you're kind of in the mix. Yeah. And some of these other guys that maybe you didn't know about start climbing up, too. It yeah. just – but it's good. It's it's. I, I really like this class. All right, Jordan, give it to me then, man. What's your right. top? Number one to me, still David Lloyd. You know, he he didn't light the world on fire at the combine like a lot of people thought he was. But I still love him. I mean, he does everything. He reminds me so much of Fred Warner. How Fred Warner watching him play football now drop to the third round is is still beyond me. But that's what Devin Lloyd is. You know, he's just a guy that's just high motor, plays the run, can blitz, is just finds himself around the ball. And that's one of the best things you can talk, say about a linebacker is he's just always around the ball. The ball finds this guy. And, uh, you know, like I said, didn't set the world on fire, uh, but he still was running in the four sixes. You know, he – uh you know, he's – he's. I think he's got a real good chance. I would pick him probably – I still like him at, like, 21 to New England. I think he's just got Patriot written all over him because of how versatile he can be and stuff. But anyway, my number two, and I've went back and forth on this, and I, I'm going to stick with N'Kobe Dean. I've, I've questioned it a little bit because of the comp – you know, him just not working out. Like, it's just – it's made me, I guess, second-guess myself a little bit with it because there's something up with it, right? I mean, something's got to be – something's got to give with it, don't you think? I, I mean, it's just like the conversation me and you had the other day. I feel like it's more – maybe he's not fast. Yeah. Maybe, the, maybe he has great quickness and it shows on tape and he said turn it on, you know? Yeah. Hey. And, and that's fine, but it's just – today's age you just with numbers being so important it just makes you just second guess it but anyway he's the second best linebacker to me you know he's a leader he's around the ball yeah he's on the smaller side but he's just one of those guys he's not quite Rokon Smith you know that got came out of Georgia a few years ago but he's you know he's right there he's he's got a chance to be a a cornerstone to a defense. I still think he doesn't make it out of the first round. You know, there's some talk, uh, even like you were just saying about guys dropping and stuff. Um, but I still think he's got a chance. Uh, my number three guy, Christian Harris from Alabama. I think before the season even started, we were talking about guys that we could potentially be, you know, my guys, you know, on our Mount Crushmore, and before the season, I said I, I, I said Christian Harris, and I so I've, I've followed him all year, and I just I really think I almost put him at two. Like I still like the guy a whole lot, and uh, 
You know, he, he can cover tight ends. He's good in coverage. He's, he's a leader. He's fast. He's, again, said it a billion times, but he's today's NFL. You know, he just – he does a little bit of everything, but he can excel in coverage. And I think that's what's going to keep him in the league for a long time. Uh, number four for me is Chad Muma from Wyoming. Big fan of his game. He's a former safety. Special teams, you know, he blocked kicks, you know, field goals. He does. He's done a lot of stuff. But talk about a guy that's always around the ball. It just seemed like every other play that you're watching, he's getting his hands on it, you know, in the passing game. A little bit of that former safety. But he fights through blocks. He's he's a good blitzer. He was the heart and soul of that defense in Wyoming. And I think he's just one of those guys that just fits so well. Uh, I like him a little bit better than I liked Logan Wilson coming out of Wyoming. And I like, you know, we like we had that back and forth, which I think you've you've won that because I was more uh, Akeem Davis Gaither. You know, I had that back and forth. Uh, But Logan Wilson's a good player. But I think Chad Muma has a chance to be just a little bit better. Uh, And then my last guy, you know, I could have put a lot of guys here, but I ended up putting uh, Damone Clark from LSU. You know, wore the number 18 that they give to their leaders, you know, to their their big-time seniors. Uh, He's an effective blitzer. He's one of the most agile linebackers in the draft. He's got great size. He's like 6'3", probably close to 240. Uh, you know, good in the passing game. He's a he's a really good blitzer. Uh, he's just could be, I just think he could be a really good piece uh, to a puzzle. I, all these guys, every one of these guys, I don't feel like gets out of the top 64 picks. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, and it's weird because you don't. Only so many players can go in these rounds, but I would it just wouldn't shock me at all if all five of these linebackers are gone by the second round. All right, so real quick, just recap it. Name your five off to me just straight up so we the crowd gets, you know, your five straight up. Who I got you? one, Devin Lloyd, two, N'Kobe Dean, three, Christian Harris, four, Chad Muma, and five, Damone Clark. I like it. I like it, man. I honestly, I agree with you on pretty much the whole clan, except for I've got a little mix in my five and with Chad Muma, but I I really, I'm with you. I really love this class as well. I think that Devin Lloyd, N'Kobe Dean, Chad Muma, and Christian Harris all have the potential to be elite linebackers at the next level. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm with you. But anyway, so my top five, number one, Devin Lloyd. My opinion, see ball, get ball. Yep. I, there's a scheme he wouldn't thrive in. Consistently got better in the passing game. He's a high-quality blitzer. I think someone's going to get very lucky getting Devin Lloyd. Um, number two, I'm sticking with you. Maybe there's something wrong with Kobe Dean. Maybe there's not. His football IQ is through the roof. Tackling, through the roof. He provides good value in the passing game, down run defender, very quick on tape. I'm not taking anything else right now in the wheelhouse there. If he's injured, it's going to come out eventually, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
My number three man is Chad Muma out of Wyoming. All right, man. I almost, I, I just, I, I like that you could interchange these guys for and, me, you and, know. And as you were saying, the Logan Wilson thing, me and you went back and forth, but we were both all over that. Yeah. But I do like Chad Muma more. Yep. I think that there's not a guy on the field that he can't cover. He doesn't miss tackles. His range is out insane. Yeah. You can find a spot for him in any scheme. And number four is Christian Harris. I don't dislike Christian Harris at all. I think, honestly, if you put this guy in a 4-3 wheel linebacker spot where his primary job is just to stop the run, he's the number one linebacker in this class. Yeah. But I do think, like you said, he's probably going to excel in coverage and he's going to end up being a top three linebacker in this class. But my top, my fifth guy, man, my fifth guy is coming up. I like Troy Anderson out of Montana State. Okay, that's what I was going to guess. Yeah, he was right. He would have been. That's who I was going back and forth with on my fifth spot, man. I, I like him a lot. Me too, man. Fastest linebacker at the Combine. Had one of the fastest closing speeds at the Senior Bowl. You love to say it, Jordan. Mold of clay. Yep. Mold of clay. You can make this player anything you want. He covers the running backs and tight ends with ease. Flashed some great instincts in zone coverage. Mm-hmm. I love me some Troy Anderson at a Montana State. At the end, if nothing else. This dude's your special teams captain. Oh, yeah, for uh, years. If nothing else works out, that dude's your special teams captain. He's yeah. got that C on his chest year in, year out. I like it. So, is there anyone in your t- – obviously, you had Troy Anderson up there. How about out of your five, your six or seven, like is there someone that you really like right there too that you want to mix in with these guys? Well, I mean, like you said, I like, I like uh, Anderson a whole lot. I think he's, I think he's got a chance to be special. Um, Quay Walker from Georgia, I think he's another guy that's uh, has a chance to be really good. Um, the kid from Oklahoma, Brian, uh, 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 yeah, I think he's man. I think he's good. I mean, I just you if you need a linebacker, this is absolutely a good year for you. Like. I, I think rounds two and three are going to be chocked full of these linebackers. Now, I think um, – what's his name? Uh, Leo Chanel out of – Yes, yeah, there's another guy. Brandon Smith out of Penn State. Yep. Man. Brandon Smith is a – he's a freak. Yeah, I've never been happier than any linebackers in my life. Yeah, I mean, if you need one – see, this is the year for the Eagles. You know, everyone always says, you know, Eagles don't draft linebackers. I wouldn't draft one in the first round again. Yeah, because you're about to get them all. Yeah. All one in your lap. I would draft, yeah. If I was y'all, I wouldn't touch a linebacker with those three first because there's going to be – you're going to get an absolute stud and if you wanted one in the second or third round. Big time, man, big time. I really like this linebacker class. I really do. Yeah, you just keep finding guys. Like, you didn't – like, when I first – you know, when you first start going through these guys and everything, you're like, okay, yeah, I know. Start, you know, you know of them and stuff. But when you're trying to rank them, you're like, man, there's so many. I could put him here. I could put yeah. him in the top five. 
it's hard, but once you start, once you get your five, and I think honestly, I I know you said it's hard, but once you get your top five, and then you start looking at these other guys, you're like, holy shit! If these top five guys go in the top sixty picks, like these guys right here are going to start coming yeah. off the board eventually, and mm-hmm. then you, I think this is just a monster defensive draft, man, monster. Yeah, I, I do too. I th- I think it's deep at receiver. Where I don't, you know, it's one of those drafts that it's not top heavy. No, no, not by any means. Maybe at pass rusher, you know, there's some, especially with guys getting moved up and stuff, you know, it's top heavy there. But everywhere else, it's just so deep, man. So deep. I like it, man. I like it. So, episode three. Feeling good. It's we're about to get into the real nitty gritty of it all. Yep. We're about to come up on what is it? The edge rushers that you love so much. Man, there's there's some good ones. You love to talk about some bend. So next week we're going to talk about some bend. Yep. And then we will move into the offensive phase of these. So we're gonna go uh, just D line. In general, should we double up and go with the ta- you know kind of D lineman and you know, get, work yeah. them into the same spot? Yeah, I think so for sure. Yeah, definitely work that way, and we can just separate them. Your top five defensive linemen, top five, yeah, edge rushers. All yep. right, so feeling good, being good. Yes, sir. All right, so. Until next time, I'm Justin Tribble. It's Jordan Richardson. Peace. Later. I'll cut.